of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 417, 417. Jason Lingren is with me, and we're honored to have Mr. Jay Widener. We're going to be talking mainly about Falconelli, which there is so much legend and mishmash and so much stuff making claims this way or, or that way about Falconelli. But I was just talking with Jay. First time I read Mystery of the Cathedrals, my jaw dropped. And it changed a lot of things for me because you begin to realize there were all these traditions and knowing and natural sciences, which seem to be bereft from our world for the most part. There's another weird thing as I was brushing up, since I haven't touched the book in probably a couple of years by now, there's all these claims that Count St. Germain is somehow tied to Falconelli. And in uh, one of my future conversations with Fortune de St. Germain, I will ask him about these connections. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a beautiful good morning. All right. I think we're ready to do this. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming on, Jay. Yeah, no problem. So I think we're going to center in on the mystery of the cathedrals, which is where we thought we might be able to do some interesting analysis. And if I'm not mistaken, Jason told me you wrote some books about this. Yeah, I've written two books uh, about uh, Falconelli, uh, A Monument to the End of Time, which uh, is now $450 on Amazon, uh, but I am reading it on my show Reality Check. I think I'm on chapter 11 or something. That's a, uh, uh, I think it's actually the better of the two books, but don't tell my publisher that. And uh, then the second book is Mysteries of the Great Cross of Hende, Alchemy at the End of Time. And um, what happened there is, you know, I, I, I we got picked up. What happened, we wrote the first book and we self-published it and uh, got rave reviews and everybody really liked it. Uh, and Barbara Han Clough, who ran uh, Baron Company Publishing, she read it and went crazy over it. And she sold the company to Inner Traditions. And she said as she was leaving that you need to publish this book. And Inner Traditions made us rewrite it. And we rewrote it. And I think what happened is, is that because we were finally getting our book published by a major publisher, we kind of did the what you call the first writer's mistake. We threw everything in but the kitchen sink. And I think we overwhelmed the reader a little bit. So I think the first book is actually what Inner Traditions made us do was go back and prove our historical accounts. And that was great, but it really bogged down the book, if you know what I mean. So what we're going to do here is in a moment, I'm going to ask you to tell everyone where they can find you. And also, I'm going to request that we will email you on the day this episode goes live. Please log in and put your links. That's how we do it here. But just so everyone knows, we discussed Falconelli briefly in episode 150. It's the one on the double sun. And then there was the cathedral episode. Falconelli's work is referring to the cathedrals we've covered as fate would have it in episode 151. I said they were destroying the cathedrals to save everything that you have on them because it was pretty clear. Even in Falconelli's work, it's pretty clear they're removing this pathway in glass and stone. One month later, they burn Notre Dame. Jay, please tell everybody where they can find your website, your work, your books, whatever you'd like. Yeah. So, uh, my films and books are up at sacredmysteries.com and Amazon, and they're on Gaia TV, uh, Gaia.com. And my free stuff is at jwidener.com. And I have a show on 
YouTube reality check with Jay Widener, uh, in which I cover all these same topics. All right. Ironically enough, Jason tried to submit our movie, Shoot the Moon, to Gaia. They won't touch it with a 10-foot pole for some reason. But let's go ahead and jump in. Jay, where is a good place to start if we're going to tackle uh, Mystery of the Cathedrals? If What I will say is I think most people that start reading it suddenly realize they're not in preschool. They're not in school at all. It is stuff that most of us have never been exposed to. And if we have, it's at a very low level. But the problem becomes this stuff is in glass and stone. So you know it's real. Where do we jump in here? Well, I think the the really important, there's so many important things that Fulcanelli brought to the table. But I think the 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 thing that really that is really important is that Fulcanelli brings this uh, incredible intellect. Uh, and, and and so you can't really argue with it because it's so overwhelming. It's like trying to say that, you, you know, somebody would make a statement like, I can write better than Shakespeare. And it's like, yeah, right. And uh, so when Falconelli speaks, you, you have to listen because the, the voice is so filled with intelligence. And then what he says is that alchemy is real and he proves it. And he proves it through, uh, interestingly enough, architecture. And so he wrote two books, uh, Mystery of the Cathedrals, and then a secondary book, which a lot of people have dismissed as not that important, which I disagree with, called Dwellings of the Philosophers. And both books, of course, have architecture in their title. And so what Fulconelli has really shown us is that architecture is a is alchemy and that where you live and the way that your house is built and the way that your uh, buildings are created and formed brings down this etheric energy and concentrates it. And we've lost all of that. And that's why the world is going crazy now because glass and steel uh, buildings uh, actually dissipate uh, etheric energy. So you have to imagine to understand alchemy, you have to know that what the what the Earth has around it is a uh, theoric field, um, and this field gives uh, it's it's made out of electrical plasma, and it um, it. It is what life is, and the more that it's concentrated, the more the life is vital and vibrant. And so what alchemy is, is trying to gather up that etheric energy, that plasma energy, and concentrate it in the body. And then that will repel disease and aging and disorder and allow the person to live a long life so that they can gather up the knowledge that they need in order to make the transition at death to the next place um, in, a, in a, um, uh, a responsible and conscious uh, effort. So what, what Fulconelli is teaching us is that the alchemists knew that architecture was the key, one of the main keys of this transformation. And so um, the Templars 
probably are the ones who built the cathedrals, but we don't know that for sure. And, uh, you know, they came back with their alchemical knowledge uh, from the Middle East, which was the repository of the alchemical knowledge after it was dissipated with the fall of Rome and Greece. Uh, the Arabs, of course, were the uh, translated all the texts into Arabic, and that's how we have the, all these alchemical texts. And, uh, of course, the Arabs were building their mosques, which are also these alchemical um, vessels. And so Fulcanelli tells us clearly that the cathedrals were alchemical vessels and that the secrets of alchemy are in the cathedrals. And so, yes, you're right. Um, the first thing that the communists did when they took over Russia was burn down all the cathedrals. The cathedrals are under assault. People don't realize it right now in France and Germany. Uh, they're constantly being uh, arsoned, and we don't know who's doing it. And uh, bricks are being thrown through the stained glass windows, windows that we cannot reproduce. We do not have the technology to reproduce those colors in those glass windows, uh, stained glass windows. We don't even have the artisans here today to fix Notre Dame after the fire. So we can't even fix Notre Dame. Besides that, they're turning it into a, a spiritual Disneyland, is what I, I'm hearing uh, from my friends in France. So Fulcanelli's great gift to us is that he's teaching us that what we're doing is so wrong and that we need to change our ways. And my, my vision of the future is that we tear down our crappy cities, and we rebuild them with arches and sacred geometry and uh, 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 an absolute integral architecture that draws down the, the etheric energy. And that's what these, these spires are. That's why Gothic cathedrals have, have the towers. The towers are drawing down the etheric energy down into the floor of the cathedral where they used to all have labyrinths that you would walk. And why would you walk this labyrinth? Because you're walking in circles and absorbing all of this etheric energy. And then when you add in the Gregorian chants and the organ and the light coming through the stained glass windows, uh, you create this efflorescence of, uh, of power, of etheric power. And that's why they built the cathedrals on top of the highest hills of the towns in Europe, because that's where the etheric energy is the highest. The higher you go up, the more the etheric energy is. That's why temples and, uh, and are built in the mountains and why monks live in the mountains, because they're closer and they're higher up to these, this uh, higher vibration of etheric energy. And so what people don't realize is that, you know, there was this, what we call the dark ages now, which was the time between, say, 800 and uh, 1300. And people say, well, you know, the world was crappy and everybody was starving to death and everything. But actually, that's actually not true at all. Uh, it was a warming period. It was very nice weather. Fruits and vegetables grew easily. And that's how we had the time to actually spend uh, on alchemy and building beautiful buildings and making beautiful art. And we've lost all of that. And, you know, I could I can be outraged at the loss of all of this, um, but that wouldn't do any good. So what I'm trying to do is trying to reinvigorate this entire alchemical way of thinking, which is 
you know, that we are <clears throat> the direct result of this etheric energy and that we have lost our ability to concentrate that etheric energy. And so instead, we're filling our bodies with sugars and fats and alcohol and drugs and all these other things because we know that we're alienated from this thing. And our science doesn't teach us that it's even real, although they do, in a way, teach it that it's real. I mean, they talk about dark matter. They can see that there's <clears throat> dark matter everywhere in the universe, but they don't realize that that dark matter is just invisible energy that you can't see, but it's really there. So dark, they, they can't see dark matter, but they can see the effects of dark matter. So they say, well, there must be something there causing these effects, but <clears throat> they never realize that what they're talking about is the etheric nature of our reality. And so what we need to do is we need to create a new form of thinking and Fulcanelli becomes the fulcrum of that new uh, form of thinking. And that form of thinking is the marriage of the etheric energy that's coming from above with the um, our earth energy, which coming from below and we marry that together. And that is what alchemy is. And that's what they were doing in the floors of the cathedrals. They were marrying the two energies. What people don't realize is that yes, cathedrals have spires, uh, which brings down the etheric energy. But what they don't realize is that there's also a deep well under every cathedral and a crypt where they're drawing up the earth energies. And so the two meet at the floor of the cathedral, and it becomes this um, uh, incredible thing. And now, we, of course, they've replaced the um, like a shark cathedral. They they took off the the wooden um, roof and replaced it with a metal roof, which just completely um, <clears throat> cancels out the plasma energy coming in. Uh, they've destroyed the roof at Notre Dame now, which now cancels out that energy. Um, <clears throat> if you didn't know better, you'd say that there's a force of some kind, a diabolical force, which understands that our relationship with the etheric world uh, is so vitally important that they, this force hates us and wants to remove us from this etheric energy and, and just leave us alienated and bereft which is what humanity is now becoming. And then that begets mental illness. And then the mental illness begets violence and murder and death. And, um, you know, if you didn't know better, you'd say the devil was alive and well. So well said, you covered a lot of things. So I'm going to put in a couple of ideas. First of all, for everyone who goes out to buy these books, don't be fooled by the naysayers. You will read things like in comments in places like Amazon. Oh, Fulcanelli never existed. Oh, this is made up nonsense from four different authors. Set it all aside. Either what's written in the book is correct or it's not. So do not be waylaid. Do not be convinced to throw out the baby with the bathwater. What's written in those pages is critically important. Secondarily, the idea that we are living currently in the angles of sorrow, uh, in these square edifices that have no redeeming qualities, what's happened is we've kind of forgotten that we have a divine spark and free will. And these cathedrals used to give us the connection. But part of the issue here is that everyone should have been told about what was going on in these buildings when they were young. Instead, what's happened is people like Carl Jung, 
bases his work on it. Well, how the hell did Young know? Bill Cooper. So many people follow Bill Cooper. He does an hour on Falconelli. How is it that he had that information? I'll tell you how it is. The, the spy agencies were clearly aware of the work of people like Falconelli. And as we go forward, the lies mount on the lies. The idea of the Dark Ages, I think Jay and I may agree that the Dark Ages do not fit as described in the book. I think it's Mystery of Cathedrals. They point out that the people who built these things, uh, they worked about 14 weeks a year and they were so well off, they could dedicate all their free time to building with their master craftsmanship, these things that were important to them and they loved. Lastly, I will point out in the book, there's an idea between Gothic architecture and what they call Roman or Romanesque. And they literally equate the first with light and the Roman side of things with darkness. So I wanted to get all those things in. Um, but the main point is, how is it people like Carl Jung and Bill Cooper are pontificating on these critically important ideas and the rest of the world doesn't even know what they're looking at when they go to a cathedral? I mean, what do you think, Jay? Well, it's interesting you say that because um, Bill Cooper, I've known Bill Cooper for many years, and he was reading my book. A monument to the end of time in September, yeah, late September of 2001. And um, somebody wrote to me and said, Hey, do you know that he's on his radio show reading your book? And I said, No. And I, you know, I caught the radio show and then I I wrote an email to him and I said, Hey, you know, thanks for for this. I really appreciate it. And he wrote me back a beautiful email about how much he loved my book and everything. And uh, and in the email, he complained about uh, a bunch of punk uh, punk gang members who were playing loud rap music um, outside his house and how angry he was about it. And of course, Bill had a, a fetish for alcohol, so he probably was a little bit drunk. And uh, that very day that we uh, exchanged emails, he went out to uh, confront the gang members with, of course, a gun. And uh, the gang members really weren't gang members. They were dressed up as gang members, but they were the local police and they were playing the rap music, I guess, to drive Bill out of his mind. And uh, he came out with his gun and they um, they shot him about 90 minutes after our email exchange. Oh, wow. And uh, I went up to a, I was in California at the time and I went up to a, a sacred place. Uh, I heard that Bill got shot about five o'clock in the afternoon and so I went up to a, a very sacred place in the mountains where I was at and where they have a um, red uh, ochre, uh, a deposit of it. And I took some of it out and I put it on my, my third eye. And I said, you know, you know, I, I, I you know, please, you know, uh, do whatever you can to help Bill Cooper now that he's passed over. And, um, and I said, and this was right after 9-11, right? two or three weeks after 9-11. And I said, you know, if you could, you know, universe, give me a sign as to what, you know, uh, I need to understand about all of this because, you know, I'm really shook up. And um, I would say less than a minute later, a black helicopter flew right over my head and stopped and just hovered above me. And I was in the woods, so I hid under some trees and it moved to where I was. And so then I said, well, you know, screw this. And so I, I, I started running down the path to get away from this helicopter and it started following me. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like 20 feet above me. I could see the pilot. 
And, um, you know, he had a shield on, but I could see him. And, uh, you know, that I was like, it was like a very momentous day in my life when Bill Cooper got killed. So you, you would know better than I, but we can ask a simple question. You know, you read all the people who defame these writings, trying to sidetrack people into doubting it. But first of all, why did they take the time to burn Notre Dame? Secondarily, and here's where you can correct me, because clearly you knew the man, but I think it's mostly accepted that Bill Cooper had documents that not everybody could get at, and he studied it endlessly. And it proves that the work of people like Falconelli or what these cathedrals for was actually in the spy agencies. Isn't that a, a logical assumption if Bill Cooper was covering it? Oh, yeah. The um, precursor to the CIA, the OSS, uh, uh, as soon as World War II ended, uh, they sent about 30 agents into France trying to find Falconelli. And they were like uh, vicious. They were like, uh, they took Eugene Cancelet, Falconelli's student, and they interrogated him for days on end because they thought he knew where Falconelli was. And no, they, 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 they keep their, uh, believe me, they keep their tabs on, on all of this. Uh, this, is, this is the secret they don't want out. And, um, you know, they're not very happy with me. I can tell you that. And, um, uh, you know, especially, you know, lately I've decided that time is running short with this world and uh, I need to start getting out some of the deeper alchemical secrets. And I'm going to continue to do that on my show, Reality Check. And all of this is legal and all of this is free. And you can change your entire consciousness and your life uh, with this, but it's it's not it, it's legal, but it's illegal in a sense of the intelligence agencies not wanting it out. And so that's where we are <clears throat> right now. But fortunately for us right now, everything has gone into such confusion that the intelligence agencies aren't watching this side of the game anymore. Uh, where they were very interested in all of this 20 years ago, it appears that the older generation has gone away and they did not, the younger generation that's taking over is not as concerned with me blabbing about all of this as they were 20 years ago. So the threat is lifting. I, I hope it continues to lift and that we can open up and start talking about all of this. But yeah, it, the, the, the clampdown uh, on all of this knowledge um, is horrendous. And uh, I've been fighting it now for 40 years. And, um, you know, for 25 of those years, I, I was asking myself, why are they so concerned about this information getting out? And, you know, why did they want to stop Fulcanelli? And all the alchemists had to live under the fear that the king was going to kill them, uh, that they would be thrown in jail. That's why they created the bogus, uh, we're turning lead into gold thing, so that uh, it, would, uh, uh, it would create, you know, um, not that you can't turn lead into gold, but they said that so that it would create uh, all the people that were just greedy bastards would just go after that. And then they would leave the alchemists alone to pursue their their pursuits. And that's what's so good about Fulcanelli is Fulcanelli, 
whoever he is, whatever he was, if he's a committee or he's a, a, a white master, grandmaster, or the brotherhood, whatever he is, what he did, the gift that he gave to us was he proved that alchemy was real, that it was a real thing that you should be that all intelligent people should be looking into alchemy and trying to understand it because it is the science of the ancients. It's the science that the previous grand civilization that was destroyed by the catastrophe 13,000 years ago, it, 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 it's, it was their science. And it's hundreds of thousands of year long examination of reality that our science can't even approach. And that's why it, it's such an incredible subject. And, you know, people say, I'm reading my book right now, my first book, A Monument to the End of Time, which is what Bill Cooper was reading. And uh, in fact, I, I, I'm reading it in honor of Bill Cooper because he was reading it and he got aborted in the reading by these uh, um, by getting murdered and I actually think there's a correlation between his murder and him reading the book. Uh, you know, I don't think they really want this stuff out at all. And uh, they, it, but again, that was 20 years ago. Things have now changed and uh, they're not watching the boiling pot anymore or they're not watching it as much as they used to. And so now I really feel that it's time for this discussion to get deeper and, and, and let's really pursue what in the hell this is about because it's about our destiny. It's about our history and um, uh, it's about who we really are. And this force, this archonic force that wants us to be vapid, empty vessels, we need to recognize this. And then we need to get rid of this force because it's destroying us and we're being destroyed. And I, I, you know, I, can't, I can't emphasize enough how worried I am about the world right now and that we're, we're, we're turning away from this. You know, let's say this about what alchemy is, you know. The New Agers and all these uh, spiritual people, they go off and they study, you know, Zen Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism and uh, Indian shamanic practices. And they take uh, DMT and they go down to the Amazon and they take ayahuasca. Uh, but what all of those guys don't realize is that Europe has a shamanic tradition and that shamanic tradition is alchemy. And it's a deeply shamanic tradition. And it's it's a beautiful shamanic tradition because it combines it. What's so great about it is it combines the scientific mind of the West with the shamanic tradition. In other words, it uses the tools of science to attempt to understand like young, the, the, the unconscious, what, what, what is, where do these ideas come from? Where does, you know, how did we discover that you could create architecture which would concentrate etheric power. How did we discover alchemy? Where did it come from? Where's the history? You know, where's the history of, of yoga? There's no history of yoga. Yoga just comes to us completely uh, together, completely done. We don't know who invented it. We don't know where it came from. The same thing with Taoism. Who, who invented Taoism? Where did it come from? And where did all these things come from? Where's the history? We don't know any of that. We're like children in the dark. 
And so, you know, a messenger from the light, like Fulcanelli comes to us and says, oh, you, you dumbasses, you don't understand what's going on here. Look around you. And now today, for the first time, it seems, uh, thanks to the internet, I guess, uh, we're taking a look around and we're looking around and we're saying, hey, wait a minute. Um, how come every country on earth has these amazing buildings? Uh, where did they come from? Who built them? And we don't know who built them. And we see evidence that there was this incredible civilization that's now disappeared and that the civilization seemed to understand the things that I'm talking about here. And, 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 and where did it go? And who destroyed it? And why? And, you know, at that point, you begin wondering if there isn't this withering diabolical force that wants to remove us from the source of our power and energy, which is this etheric world that is around us and, and penetrates us and, and is us. And if we alienate ourselves from it, which we are, then the direct result is going to be mental illness. And that's what we're going through right now. That's why I think Jung uh, being interested in alchemy is so important because of all the psychologists and psychiatrists, he's the only one that understood about this etheric energy and, and that this was a driving force for uh, healing and uh, mental stability. And we've lost touch with all of it. It's a sad state of affairs, but maybe you could almost equate what we're experiencing as the Negredo, the putrefaction right now, who knows. But it occurred to me that when people use the ad hominem attack on Falconelli, I'll make a point here. When you go back to the old art and the old buildings, which are the best we have, there is no name. I'll use the example of the statue of the three state, three fates. There is no name. The meaning of the art is what was critical. In Falconelli's time, he did not intend to be the rock star to take all the glory for a tradition that went back Lord knows how many millennium. It is the art itself, which is what is critical, which is why many of the high-level alchemists took on a Latin name or a name that was not their given name. In a way, it's separating their rock star fame idea from the importance of what they're showing. Right. But they're... There are some things we should point out here, too. Um, they put out a Nova show where the Catholic Church says they built Notre Dame. No, the hell you didn't. No, the hell you didn't. And we can prove it. First of all, show me the blueprints. Now show me the architect. Um, they can't do it. What they're going to try to do is say they paid the bills and they're going to produce these yeah, bills of sale or, or, or things like this. But as as we move beyond the idea that in the supposed dark ages, the most beautiful things we've ever seen built in this world somehow came to be, it tells you something about the narrative. But here's where I'd like to start to go. This is where I started to find the critical point in some of Falconelli's writing. In the book, they say, hey, man, there were these guys that wanted to start to remove the directions, the, the path to higher humanity put there in glass and stone for everybody. And so they wanted to take the St. Christopher statue holding baby Jesus that was often near the entryway. And apparently there was a very, if I, I hope I'm getting this right, a very old bishop 
that said, the hell you'll do that, guys, over my dead body where you pull that St. Christopher statue holding baby Jesus. So what they did, according to the writings, is they waited for that bishop to die. Then they didn't just remove the statue. They dragged it out back and smashed it with a sledgehammer. Um, and to me, Jay, there's a direct correlation to what was going on so long ago, this darkness you're speaking of, which I don't think anyone can deny, by the way. Um who pees in water they're going to have to drink is the point I would make. That's darkness um, doing things where they're trashing a place where everyone has to try to survive. But my point is, how is that any different from what just happened at Notre Dame? This old removing, as a matter of fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, I think he cites two or three cathedrals where the St. Christopher had been removed, and it was a particular color as well. Yeah, they definitely... Uh, a force came through the cathedrals and destroyed the the highest alchemical uh, symbols uh, and tried to obfuscate them. The good news, though, is that they were so stupid, they uh, didn't realize that there were a ton, ton more that were there that they didn't know about. They couldn't read the book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, you know, what, what happened to me was that, you know, I, I grew up Catholic, and then, of course, I abandoned the faith that some point and went off on my own. And, um, and then when I was probably in my late forties, I decided that I was going to reread the new Testament after all this alchemical research and traveling to France and, and going, you know, all this work that I've been doing. And so I sat down and I read the new Testament and, and I was completely blown away because what I read was completely different than the new Testament that I read when I was say 15. Or 20. Spot what on. I was reading now was not a story of uh, of a guy who is born and he does some miracles and he dies on the cross and is resurrected. What I was reading was the story of an alchemist and <clears throat> that the alchemist was gathering up his power and then doing an alchemical ritual which would endow the alchemist with eternal life and um uh i realized that the new testament was actually an alchemical treatise and had nothing to do with what the church was teaching us at all and <clears throat> and I'm sure that's how Falconelli read the New Testament also. And uh, he states, you know, very clearly that the cathedrals were not religious um, buildings. They were not Catholic buildings. They were uh, alchemical vessels. They were determined to do a certain kind of thing. And, uh, and that was alchemy. And uh, so the church is... is it doesn't even know that they're that the book that they promote is an alchemical book. They don't even know it. They think it's the, some kind of myth or fable, and it's super frustrating. So you know, Jesus is the crystal. That's what Christ is. It's the crystallization. Mary is the water. Um, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is the etheric energy. Um, the um, the uh, crucifixion. <clears throat> is the alchemical transformation that happens. The three days of darkness in the tomb are the trans that is the transformation. The coming out of the tomb at sunrise and staring into the morning sun is uh, how you activate the pineal gland. 
and uh, cause uh, the um, melatonin and the serotonin to dance with each other, which causes the etheric powers to come down into your into your pineal gland. And so the whole entire New Testament is really the story of alchemy itself. And it actually is a really important book, but not for the reasons that anybody is talking about. Well, let me let me jump in there because I, I think it's important. We're always trying to reach everyone we can so that they'll consider it. And what I accept to be correct is that the Bible has many, many levels of meaning. And when we read those living words as they've been described, we self-place our per our being is self-placed by what we accept the level to be. If we read the surface level, then where we are is with the majority of humanity at that very just initiatory level. Um, What you're describing is a bit deeper, but let me put these ideas out. It is claimed that each cathedral has a first stone. I don't really think we can argue about that. It is further claimed that some people call it the master stone of the angle. There's other words for it. Supposedly, in some points of view, this symbolizes everything impure. Now, this first stone uh, could also symbolize from Freemasonry, the one that with the stone that was dismissed by the builders and others will claim it represents Lucifer. Whatever the case may be, there's an overarching idea developing, and it may have been a representation somehow of falling angels. There's all these points of view on it, but this stone can be found in the basement. And in a way that could represent the idea of hell. Um, the idea here is the life and work of the Christ um, crowned off by the crucifixion uh, is a resurrection to purification. In other words, when we came on the air, Jay and I were talking about places in the world that have gold. So if the alchemical process is true and correct and a human being can change their fallen nature to the symbolic higher state of pure gold, which no longer rusts, which no longer changes its state, then what does that say of a part of the world that has naturally created the gold? And I know that's a mishmash of ideas, but I think it's critically important that it's not implied here that we're bashing the Bible. Far from it. No way. Most important book that I am aware of for the Western world. Um, And the idea here is the Christ consciousness represents the perfection and everybody who makes up their mind can find the path and take a shot at Christ consciousness. And if you really want to be honest about it, what's a higher reason for being living in this place now than making spiritual gold out of yourself, getting above this base reality, which is so dark and out of control right now. Think about what we're saying here and by no means interpret that what we're saying that the Bible is somehow a useless book. I think what's actually being said is the men in black, they don't know what they're doing up there. And if they do, they're intentionally waylaying everybody. Yeah, I know. No, I have no intention of saying that the, that the New Testament is not not a good book. It's the most important book now, I believe, probably one of the most important books that there ever has been created. So, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I, uh, no. And, and so, yeah, the, uh, that is exactly what that book is about. And furthermore, the whole subtext of uh, the danger that Christ was in for talking about the stuff. 
I mean, that's, you know, that's the secondary subtext of the book is that, you know, you talk about this stuff, you're going to get in some serious trouble. And of course he got in the most serious of trouble and, uh, and that, and that's, that, that needs to be pointed out. You know, um, he, uh, he went into the temple and threw the bankers out, you know, the money changers, uh, do you understand how incredibly symbolic and metaphoric that is? And that is the, probably the reason that they came after him. And he was so outraged at the place that was designed to bring down etheric energies into the, into the very you know, uh, city and temple or, or the village was now being used to exchange money. And, 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 and if you know your alchemy, you can understand why he would be so outraged by, by this materialism hyper materialism right that's i mean that's basically what we're saying where we exist now and then you read the book of revelation which is of course a, a strange book that's left at the end of the new testament and um it's a a blow by blow account of the very things that are in the cross of hende chapter which is in the end chapter of uh, mystery of the cathedrals so you can see that there's this Incredible, you know, the, the end chapter of Mystery of Cathedrals is about this incredible catastrophe which changed the human race, and the end chapter of the New Testament is about this catastrophe that changed the human race. Uh, and, and that it both imply that it happened before and it's going to happen again. And you know, it's, it's no coincidence, and uh, the, there's this incredible relationship between the true teachings of Christianity and alchemy and the transformation and the transmutation of the human race. And so get back to this plasma gold. So we're surrounded by this etheric plasma electrical energy that we can't see, although we can see occasionally there'll be breakthroughs in, 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 the, in, in reality where we can suddenly see um, these forms and these living creatures that lived in the invisible world around us. And so what alchemy tries to do is alchemy wants, says, oh, you have to create the philosopher's stone. And, you know, what, what is the philosopher's stone? And I would contend to you the philosopher's stone is a object that is uh, designed to absorb as much of this etheric energy as possible. And when I look around at what would absorb these electrical plasma energies that are invisible to us, I see that there is one substance on Earth that is superconductive, that doesn't change form, that will absorb electrical energies uh, almost in, 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 in infinity, and that's gold. So then I look at places where there is, you know, gold mines on earth, and I find there's all this um, supernatural activity. 
um, uh, from UFOs to seeing strange creatures. Um, uh, Skinwalker Ranch was a gold mine. Um, the San Luis Valley was a gold mine. California, of course, had gold all over it. And of course, it is just replete with high weirdness. And um, uh, volcanoes have gold in them and volcanoes have uh, uh, high are known for their high discharges of electrical energy and uh, even the ones that aren't uh, active like Mount Shasta and uh, also UFOs are seen around volcanoes. I would also point out that the name Fulcanelli is a, a play on words. It's um, uh, Vulcan and Canelli. Canelli is Italian and Latin for uh, tunnel and Vulcan is volcano. And so his name is really the, the tunnels inside the volcanoes. And if you go and you go to volcanoes, you'll find these long shafts uh, that are left behind. And these shafts are um, uh, uh, Nassim Harriman did a whole lecture on how um, uh, these volcanic shafts that are uh, around volcanoes uh, they're round and they have um, compressed minerals in them. And that uh, if you go in there, there will be the swirling vortexes that cause you to like um, go into other worlds. And we have all these fables and myths of people going down into these shafts and having extra sensory perceptive experiences. And what we have is we have natural formations on Earth, which cause these dynamics to occur. And then we have humans, which have created edifices, which also create these dynamics, which are cathedrals, temples, mosques, pyramids, dolmens, uh, Stonehenge, Chaco Canyon, the round buildings in Chaco Canyon, it's what they're designed to do. Uh, the Native Americans knew all about this. Um, the cave networks that are all through the Southwest, the U.S., are all uh, have um, plasma symbols and pictograms drawn on the walls of them, as if the Native Americans had experienced some kind of plasma event. Um, so when you wind this all together, what I'm saying is that there's this invisible universe that surrounds us and penetrates us, and we're completely oblivious to it unless we have like some kind of special power or you're involved in some kind of coincidental uh, thing where you accidentally have a bleed through and you can see that there's this other universe. But what is also true is that you can consciously call forth these energies and these powers uh, to assist you. And that's what prayer is, and that's what meditation is, and that's why praying in a cathedral will cause all sorts of amazing ramifications. Of course, the cathedral has to still be, you know, put together, right? It can't be uh, have a burnt ceiling and a, a metal roof and have all the spires taken down and and all of that. So we're we're you know we we have to change. That's what Fulcanelli did to me was he changed the way I think. Fulcanelli gave me the finger. I was this arrogant prick who believed that science would explain everything, and Fulcanelli gave me the finger and said, screw you, you don't know crap. And it made me realize that I don't know anything and that uh, uh, there's this whole world that's around me that I wasn't even seeing. 
And then when I saw that world, I was amazed by it. But then I saw that that world was at one time everywhere on the planet. And now it's disappeared. And then that made me wonder what was really going on. So I agree, man. We are currently in a world where I hit the point you did many decades ago, where I was forced to realize what I'm a master in is flowers that make you high and roosters, poppycock. That's what I had achieved in my lifetime up to that point. And in our current existence here, this is what media currently is here for. Jason, I have done episodes to show that it is very few corpse orations, the talking dead that control all the media outlets. Now, here's the thing. You want an example? Um, What's dark matter? Dark matter, my butt, there's nothing dark about it. The ether is a critical part of everything Jay's been talking about. So why are you calling it dark? And by the way, you can go catch a Marvel movie. Well, they'll show you the ether. It's evil. It will get into you and turn you into some. It's all to mislead you. And why? The simplest way I could define it is the really the really one thing I know for certain in this world, beyond doubt, is change. That's what's happening here. Human beings don't like it. We don't care for it. We're getting older. We don't like it. Everything we want to stay a certain way is changing as we're wishing it would stay that way. Well, there's another thing in this world, only one thing that I'm aware of, which will abrogate the law of change, and that's gold. Once you get gold, it doesn't seem to change as everything else does in our world. And this is the allegoric representation of what alchemy represents for the living man or woman. We are stuck in a river of rapids that is changing all the time, and we're headed to death, and every one of us knows it, and we don't like it. And yet there's this other method that is ancient, Lord knows how ancient, which tries to address this thing that we fake like is not happening, this thing that none of us want to be a part of called change. Um, we're getting close to the top of the hour here. Jason, should, should I begin to wrap hour one? Yeah, I think we're just about there. Is there anything you want to get in before I have Jay tell folks where they can find him again? You know, Jay, you said something interesting way earlier. Well, you said a lot of interesting things. But I'm curious, when you were talking about the intelligence community being a younger generation now, do you think that they've gotten wise to certain things like uh, Covidius Minimus, for instance, being predominantly a bunch of poppycock? I think that they, well, they created a lot of what happened in the last two years. Um, I think what's going on is that they are, uh, they're very worried about the awakening and uh, they're doing everything they can to cause as much confusion as possible. I think that's why I've decided to become as lucid as I possibly can uh, and to be a voice of, uh, of an adult inside the screen, the screams of uh, children. And I think it's really important for us to begin talking and acting as adults uh, because the intelligence community has created a society of children that know nothing. Truer words have never been spoken. Anyone could turn on TV listings now and find cartoons that were made for adults that adults watch every night. One man in particular has made three or four of them that I'm aware of. Uh, while he was redoing Star Trek. This is the psychological mind operation of the social engineering that we've covered so much on this channel that has literally put adults on the endangered species list. Anyhow, Jay, I think we're there. Can you please tell folks one more time as we close our one where they can find you and your work? Yeah, um, jaywidener.com, sacredmysteries.com, 
My films are also on Gaia.com, and I'm going to work to try to get your film on Gaia. I did not know they rejected you. And um, my show on YouTube, Reality Check with Jay Widener. Jay, thank you so much. Um, It's really great to speak with someone who has some real insight into these things that are damn near lost. And when they're not lost, people don't have a foundation to start to get a leg up. They have to drop everything in their life and face the fact that it could be that their entire life has been based on a stage, a staged play, and that really, truly, so many of us have done nothing that in a cosmic way matters at any level. That's what's gone on here. That's what the social engineering has done. We are all currently without culture in this country, most of us. We like some movies. We watch some TV. That is not culture. Culture used to do things like hand forward what the adults of the previous generation had learned all the way back to a point to guide us. But anyhow, that's going to bring Hour 1 of 417 to a close. You can catch Hour 2 at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And as we wrap up and get ready to come back for Hour 2 with membership, I would like to wish everybody listening a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing. 